Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Sue Phillips. Sue's area of expertise is in fragrance and the branding around fragrance. She has held senior positions at Elizabeth Arden, Lancome, Paris, and Tiffany & Company, among others. And currently her main focus, although not her only focus, is on her own company called Center Prizes, which she founded in 1990. Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellen. I'm so delighted to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really really excited to have you too because we've talked a little bit. I know some pieces of your story and I'm very happy to share this with everybody. So let's start way back at the beginning. You were born and um grew up for for I'm not even sure how many years, but the beginning of your life in South Africa. Yes. So, um uh, let's just start there. Well, South Africa at the time was uh, sort of considered uh, a faraway place and nobody really knew anything about it. And I have now been an American longer than I'm a South African. So I've spent more than half my life in New York City. And, you know, South Africa still has that uh, feeling of uh, Africa and the wilds of Africa. And when I first came to New York, people said to me, do you really have lions and tigers and elephants walking in the streets? So, there was really very little knowledge of South Africa. But since then, and I think since the World Cup and since uh, Nelson Mandela, you know, uh, was freed, the whole idea of South Africa has become a lot more, uh, people know about it more, and it's become sort of a the, the gold capital of the world. So uh, it's not as remote as it once was. Yeah, yeah, but still, you know, interesting and, and obviously part of you on some deep level, even though you have been in the States for a long time. Um, when did you actually come to the States? How old were you? I I came here. Um, I, actually, I have a, it's a great story. I came on a visit in 1976 for the Bicentennial Celebrations, and my brother was living in New York, and at the time, the entire country was on a holiday, you know, for the bicentennial July 4th celebrations. It was so optimistic and positive and every place we went to was just having just uh, positivity and, 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 and a celebration. And at the time, South Africa was going through a very bad political situation and it was just full of crime. And <clears throat> I just felt that I love the positivity and confidence uh, that America offered. And so seven months later, I came to live here. So um, I have been here, if I tell you, for more than uh, for 40 years. (laughs) I'm not telling you how old I am. (laughs) Ah, well, that's a great story. And then so New York, you know, even though I I suppose there aren't really lions and tigers and elephants wandering the streets of um, South Africa, it still is a world apart. So, um, you know, interesting that you made that transition. And then how did you first uh, find yourself working in fragrance and cosmetics? Well, I had always wanted to be a singer and an actress. And I went to University of Cape Town and I uh, got a degree in theater, arts, 
and uh, uh, theater education. So I thought, you know, I would come to New York and I would try my luck at acting and singing. Uh, at the time, though, I didn't have a green card and I didn't have uh, a membership to any of the or, the um, SAG-AFTRA organizations. And I landed up um, working for an immigration attorney who sponsored me and got my green card. And after a year, I landed up uh, going to Headhunter. I got three job offers in one week. One was to work in design, which didn't really... I didn't feel I was qualified for. One was to work in banking, which certainly wasn't for me. And one was to work at Elizabeth Arden. And I thought, hmm, there's a correlation there between theater and cosmetics. Um, so I landed up, because I could speak in front of people and the, the uh, management at Elizabeth Arden thought I'd be really good in training, I landed up as a training director. I didn't even know what training was at the time. And what they were looking for was somebody who could really take the knowledge of the uh, cosmetic um, divisions and the fragrance division to become a trainer around the country and to really motivate and give educational training seminars and workshops to the people around the country who sold Elizabeth Arden products in the various stores. So it was a marvelous way for me to understand and to uh, really get in touch with the different regions of America, uh, North and South and the East and West, very different. And I traveled around the country for about two years doing training seminars for all the top stores that sold and distributed the Elizabeth Arden fragrances. So that for me was an amazing education into number one, the regional differences that America offers and also the cosmetic industry. And then after two years, they promoted me to product development in marketing and into color cosmetics. And then after two years, I landed up uh, in marketing for Elizabeth Arden. And that had given me a really good overview of the cosmetics and fragrance industry. And then luckily, uh, Lancome contacted me and hired me as their marketing director for fragrance and men's skincare. I was at Lancome for four years working on and developing fra uh, fragrance for Lancome uh, in Magidoire. Uh, after four years at Lancome, I got another call and uh, was uh, given, uh, had, had an interview and was hired as vice president of marketing for Tiffany. So if you'd have told me growing up in South Africa that I would be uh, in 12 years, you know, going from nothing, knowing nothing about fragrance to vice president of marketing at Tiffany, I would have said, you know, that's nuts, but this is America and everything is, is possible with hard work, with diligence, with passion and with determination and never giving up. So that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, I love it. And then I started my own business. Uh, I had my daughter and uh, I didn't really want to be a stay-at-home mom. So I started my own company, which I called Centerprises. And I started to develop um, a different consulting clients and landed up after I left Tiffany to head up uh, a fragrance development and uh, for uh, Burberry, Trish McAvoy, Avon, Lancaster as a consultant. And then finally, eight years ago, after you know the crash of 2008, I sort of repositioned myself and 
started to think about customization. And at the time, I did, uh, I started to, ve- to develop a bespoke uh, idea for fragrances. And people, number one, didn't know what the word bespoke meant. And number two, they said, what are you doing? Tupperware parties for perfume? <laughs> and they kind of laughed at me. And of course, now we know that the metrics that everybody is looking for uh, are all about customization, personalization, experience, education, events, entertainment. And so uh, my company, Centerprises, offers all of this under the guise of centertainment. So that's that's the uh, that's the background, Ellen. That's the journey. Well, I I definitely want to hear more about this centertainment thing. But what it's a, just like backing up a little bit because you were obviously drawn to the whole um, fragrance world of of um, marketing fragrance and developing fragrance. So what is it about fragrance that's so powerful? And uh, d- can everyone wear it? Or, um, you know, we talked a little bit about allergies and custom fragrance. And, you know, I'm just kind of wondering um, about sure. fragrance as a, as a reflection of personal brand, I guess. Absolutely. Well, first of all, our sense of smell is our most powerful sense after sight. And it's actually the one sense that connects memory and emotion and also correlates with our sense of taste. So think about, you know, you people walk down the street and suddenly they might encounter a, an aroma that they haven't smelled in years, but that, that whatever that is, that aroma is, it just triggers something in them and people stop dead in their tracks because so powerful. It, it really can bring back memories of maybe a first kiss or a wonderful occasion or a person or, an, or something either positive or negative. And so fragrance is really, I call it the intangible emotion that really can connect and bring back a very powerful feeling. And so many people, uh, particularly in America, uh, are sort of very focused on wanting to smell fresh and clean. And there are so many aspects of fresh and clean that, you know, how do you really want to smell? Do you want to smell light and bright and citrusy? With, uh, what, what is fresh and clean? It could be a lovely citrus uh, aroma, sparkling, vibrant, energetic. Or it could be the smell of new rain or the smell of fresh cut grass or the smell of the ocean or the smell of the wind. And so... Americans are really obsessed with wanting to smell fresh and clean, but there are so many other beautiful aromas that people really don't really realize that, you know, you can reflect your individuality and personality with something that could be a beautiful floral or something spicy or woodsy or musky or ambery. So there are so many different fragrances and fragrance ingredients, um, but a lot of times people don't know about that. And so what we do at my um, perfumery downtown in Tribeca called the Centarium, we really take people on a fragrance journey and help them explore and discover the beautiful ingredients that they might not know about or they might say, well, I really don't like florals, but when we take them on this fragrance journey and we show them the different ingredients and the nuances of those uh, different ingredients, it becomes a really wonderful, compelling journey for them. That that sounds wonderful. I would love to do that one day. 
Um, definitely. But do you, do you think that people then, they develop a scent, do they, do they then have this custom scent that they always wear, or is it different scents depending on the mood, or what do you see people doing, or what, what do you do? Do you have your own custom scent? Well, just a little background for that. So I always, at my workshops and seminars, talk about fragrance over the decades and what trends really influence our, you know, our choice of fragrances. So, for instance, you know, when when I I, I do a whole thing about fragrance through the decades and from uh, in the 1980s, say when everything was so robust and the economy was, you know, booming and so at that time, <clears throat> um, fragrances were really bold and, and quite um, lush, and everybody was wearing beautiful, big, robust florals. And then at the time of the 90s, when the economy took a turn, everything was becoming very transparent and very sort of watery and less robust. So the fragrances then became a little bit less big and floral and bold, they became what we call transparent and watery. So some of the light, ozonic, airy fragrances became very popular. And then at the time of the millennium, when you know things became a little bit more nostalgic, uh, people were thinking about it's the time, time of the millennium. Um, you know, let's go back to some of the classic feelings and times and moments. So at that time, a lot of the classic fragrances re-emerged, you know, some people wanting to go back in time to a nostalgic period when they remembered how they felt so classic fragrances such as Chanel and Arpege re-emerged. And now, uh, well then after that, it was a whole sort of ingredient story. Um, people became less immersed in actual trends and focused on ingredients. So the whole notion of Oud, which O-U-D, uh, which is French for wood, the agar wood. So ingredients started to become more popular and everything was sort of in the sandalwood um, area. And now I have to tell you, the whole um, situation has changed. So we're living in a world of selfies. Everybody is becoming a blogger. Everybody is becoming an influencer. Everybody is becoming, you know, an expert. Uh, so the whole notion of selfies has now also um, sort of transitioned into fragrance where everybody now can start to think about reflecting their personal brand through a custom fragrance. And I have seen my business totally accelerate within the last eight years because I told you when I started, people kind of laughed at me. What do you mean uh, custom fragrances? And now the idea is nobody wants to wear what everybody else wears. They really want to reflect their individuality and their personality with a custom fragrance. And the reason being, you know, when you greet somebody and everybody sort of hugs and kisses and says hello, there is nothing better than having somebody say to you, oh, what are you wearing? You smell wonderful. And then your response is, it's me, it's mine. Mm. So the idea of really reflecting your your brand and your you know your individuality through fragrance has really become very popular and I'm thrilled and so excited because more and pe more people are looking to really develop their own personal brand and uh, fragrance is one way to do it 
So, Sue, I've heard people say um, that they're a little wary of fragrance because, um, and I'm sure we've all had the experience of someone that puts a lot of perfume or something on, and uh, it's, it's overpowering, but as they, they, I guess, wear the scent every day, they become almost immune to it. What are your thoughts about that? You know, people not people not even wearing anything because they don't want to be that that person that um, chokes everybody else in the room out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's sort of two answers to it. The first one is yes, I hear that too. Whenever I tell anybody what I do, uh, the first thing out of their mouths is uh, something like, "Oh gosh, I ha- get headaches and allergies, and and I'm allergic to fragrance." I have been in the fragrance industry for almost 30-something years, and the truth is I've never heard more complaints and and negative comments about fragrance. The reason being is that there are so many fragrances that have been launched that really aren't high quality, that they are filled with synthetics and chemicals, and some of those do actually give headaches and allergies. So it's, again, going back to ingredients and quality. And one of the things that uh, we offer is a very high quality uh, uh, portfolio of ingredients. And the reason that, um, as I said, there have been so many fragrances that are launched that we can't use certain natural ingredients because of the high cost. So it becomes cost prohibitive. However, there are ways of really creating fragrances with natural ingredients that don't cause the allergies. And what happens is uh, people really don't know how to wear fragrance. And so um, sometimes fragrances can be very strident, can be very bold and robust, and they can not really suit somebody's personality. So for instance, if when celebrity fragrances were very popular and trending, you know, everybody wanted the latest popular scent. Well, if it didn't agree with you, it might not really help you in terms of reflecting, you know, your, your best you. So I always say, you know, why wear what everybody else wears when you can wear your own? And when you find a fragrance and you've created a fragrance that is really uh, personalized, suddenly it mixes with your body chemistry in a way that doesn't give uh, that overt, overpowering obnoxious uh, fragrance feeling. And the other thing that you said was true. You said, you know, if you wear the same fragrance all the time, you get immune to it. Um, And sometimes that happens too. So you just have to, you know, change it up a little bit. Maybe, um, you know, how they always say, use a different shampoo so that your hair doesn't always, uh, you know, you you want a different shampoo to to stimulate the, the fibers. You wear a different fragrance that still reflects who you are, but you might want to change it up a little. Mm, that makes sense. Do you have um, advice for people who want to wear fragrance? Like, do you recommend wearing eau de parfum or eau de toilette, or do you, what do you, um, you know, it, to not overdo it? Do you recommend just a little dab on your wrist, or where where do you? Well, tell us tell us your inside tips, Sue. So you know, I I always talk about. Um, the history of fragrance and I always tell people at the end of my workshops that um, I I ended off with a little funny uh, story about fragrance how 
I used to go to Paris all the time when I developed the Tiffany fragrance and the Burberryan fragrance and Trish McAvoy that I met with all the perfumers. And so when I first got to Paris, they used to say, oh, you Americans, you have no idea how to wear the perfume. And I said, what do you mean? They said, we in France, we've been wearing perfumes for centuries. We know that the fragrance rises as the body heat warms the fragrance. So apply the fragrance from the bottom up at the ankles, behind the knees, in between the thighs, in the bosom area, and at all the pulse points. Because as we know, the fragrance rises and everybody wants to be enveloped in their beautiful scent. She said, what do the Americans do? A spritz at the neck, and who do they attract? The birds and the clouds. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, you know, again, um, a lot of times when we wear fragrance, we're also wearing fragrance on top of many conflicting aromas. For instance, we have, you know, we, we, we use a, a maybe a deodorant soap and a deodorant um, shampoo and a, a different body oil and a body lotion and different different conflicting fragrances throughout the, you know, your, your ritual, your beauty ritual. And then you take your beautiful fragrance and you might not be able to smell it. So you overpower, you, you put it on in an overpowering way. And I always like to say, try and either layer your fragrance or use unscented soap or unscented lotions and gels so that when you're actually wearing your fragrance, the beautiful aromas and the ingredients of the fragrances are the ones that are going to be noticed and won't over, won't conflict and won't be uh, overpowered by the, you know, the soap and the lotion and the gel and the shampoo and so on. Mm, that's great advice. And really, your ankles and your knees, I didn't know, I have to admit. Well, in the, in the, old, days, in the old days when women wore long skirts, um, you know, the notion of the, the skirt swishing backwards and forwards and caused the vibrations and the fragrances started to rise. Well, we all, all know that hot air rises. So by applying it to your ankles and your knees and, and you know, starting really from the bottom up caused the vibrations to uh, allow the fragrance to diffuse upwards. And it becomes a lovely way of just you know, experiencing fragrance in its truest form, you know, all over. Mm, no, that's, that's beautiful. I love hearing you talk about fragrance. It's poetic. It's just <laughs> it's lovely. What, um, so in the business world, let's just get into this a little bit more. The idea, as you said, in the selfie era, the idea of personal brand is becoming more familiar to people and there's so much movement. You know, there's a lot of talk in the HR world about especially the millennials um, looking for their next job when they're already just starting their, their current job. And, you know, there's, there's so much, there, there's very little um, of people staying in the same position or same job for 30 years, getting the gold watch, retiring. That doesn't really happen these days. So people are more aware of this personal brand. And um, can you talk a little bit more about the type of fragrance um, perhaps you'd want to choose if you want to position yourself as a, I don't know, a power player or a uh, uh, something like that? Well, you know, it also stems, uh, it goes back to the fact that um, corporations now are looking to really create, motivate, and give appreciation to their clients and their employees. And what's happening is that 
people are now looking at um, doing innovative, interesting corporate workshops and team building events. Now, who would ever have thought that you could do a team building event with fragrance or a corporate workshop with fragrance? Because the notion of fragrances being very commercial, you know, is out there. But uh, more and more companies and more and more employees are looking to develop their personal brand and are offering workshops and team building events and corporate events. So, for instance, we just did an event uh, last week for Pinterest. And all these millennials were there, and um, we really talked about how customization helps to reflect their brand ethos. And it's a, it was a wonderful way of giving them the education, uh, motivation, a fun, innovative, experiential event that was both enjoyable, but also was able to help them understand who they are. And of course, when we do corporate events, so many people are interacting with others, and so wearing the right fragrance can enhance their confidence and their personality, and it becomes more of a of a less. It becomes less of a situation when people are wearing a fragrance that really reflects who they are. So it it helps to really build positivity and confidence. And we're doing more and more corporate events uh, and team building events because. The idea is, uh, from a corporation standpoint, they have so many different departments, sales, marketing, R&D, operations, finance, and truthfully, many of these different uh, areas don't integrate and don't interact with each other, and they really don't possibly like each other, but everybody has to work together. So doing a a fun, interactive team-building event uh, where we talk about fragrance and we talk about how... Um, a an individual or uh, we, we come up with different uh, metrics um, how they work together and they build a brand through fragrance becomes a fun team building exercise and at the end everybody really creates their own fragrance and it's a fun experience and it builds that team bonding feeling so fragrance is, <clears throat> is very powerful and can really connect people yeah that's so interesting and it, it really like it's making me think about um, there, there has been a lot of attention um, about being conscientious about your body language, for example, and whether you're doing public speaking or, um, I don't know, trying to, to project body language that, um, you know, for those that want to aspire to climb the corporate ladder or, you know, there, there's a lot of workshops on this and, and um, guidance around that. But this fragrance idea, it's, it's just kind of like fascinating me because it's this extra plane of, um, sensory information that we just usually don't think about, especially in corporate America. So I could see this working as team building um, within the workshops, but but even getting people thinking about what statement they're making with the fragrance is something that's pretty new, at least to me. Well, again, you know, um, the idea of the signature scent um, became quite popular. Now, I think that was also, you know, going back to... Um, uh, our, perhaps you know, in, in the past, our mothers and grandmothers wore a fragrance that was very indicative of who they were. So that became their sort of scent, if you will. And every time somebody came into the room, you knew who they were because of their scent. And so the idea of you know really creating a beautiful fragrance that reflects who you are, that is not uh, overt and that is not overpowering, 
that really matches your personality uh, can really help enhance who you are because the other thing is, um, you know, uncertainty can be very, um, uh, it can cause a lot of uh, feelings of Ill, being ill at ease. You know, if, you, if you're not certain about a fragrance, but it, it becomes sort of the popular fragrance du jour, if, mm-hmm. if, a very, if, uh, if a very popular fragrance that everybody, you know, is being, if a fragrance is being advertised and say, oh, this is the newest, hottest fragrance, well, it might not, it might not be suitable for you as, you know, an individual. So you really have to find something that makes you feel confident that reflects who you are. And so that idea of self-determination and self-awareness, uh, nobody ever thought about that before, but now more and more people are thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it is absolutely fascinating to me. I, w- I want to ask you a couple more questions and shift a little bit into, um, I'm sure we could talk all day about fragrance itself <laughs> and all of these ideas around it. <laughs> but in addition to that, you've, uh, you started your business in 1990, so you've been a female entrepreneur for a long time. Yeah. And it, you also have the juxtaposition, um, the experience of working in the, as executive you know, in the corporate world. So um, let me just think about my question. I guess a lot of our listeners are looking to go out and start a business, and um, they, I've heard rumors that sometimes they end up getting in their own way with uh, fear, you know, questions about fear, like what if this doesn't work, and what if, um, what if I try to do something and people laugh at me, or you know, um, things like that. And so I always like to ask my guests, um, if they have any advice that they would have given their younger self or that they would give someone who's either making a career shift or, or starting out, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that's a great question, and I am frequently asked that. So I am a professor at LIM College, and I teach uh, and sort of mentor young students. And, you know, going back to your question about, you know, how do people sort of... Um, what do they do and how do they find themselves uh, in the corporate world? Well, I always say that the most important thing is to find something that you love to do. If you're you know, an artist and you love to explore colors and, and art, then if that is your passion, you should really find a way to make that your livelihood because if you love what you do and if you're really passionate about it, It'll just be authentic, and it won't be, you know. If and the parents say, "Well, I want you to be a doctor, but you're an artist." Well, being a doctor, if that's not your passion, is not going to enhance who you are. So I think, really, I, I tell people that uh, on your journey into the corporate world and into your world as a as a business person or as a as a citizen of the world really find something that you love to do because that is the most important thing. And then you'll, it'll, it'll come. It'll come to you. You know, I, when I grew up, and as I said to you, I wanted to be a singer and an actress. Well, I really wanted to do that, but it wasn't possible because of the strenuous you know, situation. You had to have a green card and you had to have a membership to all these different organizations and so on. So I sort of pivoted in a way 
that I'm still basically presenting and and presenting what I love to do, but in a passionate, authentic way. And I've used sort of fragrance as my my guiding sort of light, if you will. And and I think that's really important. You have to find what you love to do, and that then becomes your direction and your your compass for your for your business. I think that's great advice. And it it sounds like, you know, finding the essence of what you love to do and then being open to the possibilities of how you might express that thing is um, is brilliant advice, really, because then you still have that joy in your work, but you're not so tied to the past. Like if you would have only, if you would have, have only been willing to accept, well, I must be an actress, I must be on Broadway, there is no other way, you would have closed yourself off to all these other wonderful opportunities that showed up. Absolutely. And, you know, by, by being open and, and following your path, it leads to so many other things. So, you know, it, it's extraordinary how diverse my business has become. Well, not so much diverse, not so much the business, but how diverse um, it, it's become in terms of meeting different people from different walks of life, you know. My businesses take me to corporations, sort of really top Fortune 500 corporations, uh, where we do team building events, and then we've done uh, event planners. We do millennial events. We do birthdays. We've we've done, you know, I do motivational speaking, uh, which is in a way acting and presenting, which I love to do. So, you know, having an open attitude and having an open mind to exploring possibilities. Uh, is really important. And one of the other things that I say to my students and and is one of my sort of uh, confirmed um, mantras, if you will, is never give up. Uh, I just keep on going, even when you have your own business, and it's a little bit challenging sometimes, to just pick it up and keep on going. Because with that positive attitude, you can overcome so many obstacles. But you have to be open, you have to be passionate, you have to be confident, you have to be willing to explore so many different options. And and I tell that to my students as well. Yeah, I appreciate that you just said that. And that wraps this up nicely because I I'd wanted to just bring up the idea of grit and that determination to keep going and find a way because obstacles always do come up. And I, I almost think it's like a, a dance between being open to possibilities and not being so tied into the way you think it has to be or it has to unfold. Because as we just said, there's a lot of magic in being open. But then it's, there is also this, uh, this yin and yang to that because there's the grit part of not giving up and being determined, yet it's a dance. You know, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Oh, it's absolutely. Balanced. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, again, um, understanding who you are and what you know and what you're good at and what you don't know is important. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I call myself a entrepreneur, and I've actually trademarked that. So I really believe that uh, as an entrepreneur, and so many of us at uh, 10,000 Small Businesses are entrepreneurs, that there are so many obstacles that do come in your way, but 
finding that dance and and sort of navigating your way into and out of difficult situations can only be done when you're positive, you're confident, you don't give up, and you find another way, another path. Uh, you know, staying on one path sometimes can be very, you know, it can give you focus, which is important. We all need focus, but I think also being flexible is something very important that you can achieve if you if you have an open mind and uh, you know those are sort of some of the ideas that that I think about and I talk to people about um, and and not being so rigid I think you know being focused is good but but without rigidity mm, that's a good way to put it yeah I like that and really, Sue, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day, and I hope we will have a chance in the future to continue this conversation. Yeah. But, yeah, before we um, really sign off, is there any last uh, thoughts or, or anything you want to leave us with? Well, I think one of the things I'd like to leave with um, is by saying, you know, we live in a, in a, in a very high-tech world. And we're all on our phones and we're all on emails and we're constantly on podcasts and, and so on. But think about the beautiful sensory aspects of how different aspects of the senses can really enhance, you know, your life. Um, when I, I always say to people, you know, think about colors and how colors make you feel. Um, you know, what, what is the color red? Make you how does color red make you feel? But what does red smell like? How does you know what does blue think? What does blue make you think of? And th- does blue have a fragrance? And I start to try and weave a sensory aspect into everything that I do, whether it be food or wine or art or music, and really look beyond the colors, look beyond the sounds, and 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 really think about the sensory world we live in because our senses are just, um, you know, can really help uh, explore and and, and help create a beautiful um, uh, experiences. And so I really like to look beyond the the, the norm and see how it can enhance our lives and and make, make us feel better and make us enjoy life better and give us a better sense of purpose, if you will. By saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, go to," I tell my students, "Go to museums, go to art galleries, go to concerts, and just go extend yourself beyond your your iPhone." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it's so easy to get sucked into that screen, but you're right. Having the full human experience is what we're truly here for. Yeah, and uh, I I also like to tell people, you know, don't explore the senses. So I, I always end off by saying, smell well and smell often. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. You know, just enjoy the different aromas and the different ingredients. And if, if you don't like florals because your mother or your grandmother wore florals and you think it's old-fashioned, go beyond that. Just go and explore how the beautiful florals and, and different uh, ingredients can make you feel and can really enhance who you are. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sue. <laughs> I've very much enjoyed talking to you, and thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you at one of our events and would love to do uh, a sensory discovery journey with you. Ooh, I would love that as well. Let's make that happen. 
So thank you again. Uh, Thank you all for listening to today's show. My guest was Sue Phillips. She is the founder and CEO of Centerprises and the owner of the Centarium in New York City. You can find links to Sue's social media pages, her website, and everything else on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thank you again for joining us and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on turning your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.